Warning. Listen to this podcast at your own risk. Side effects may include joy, feeling content, illumination, newfound senses of purpose and well-being, courage, realizing you are not alone. Welcome to The Ripple Effect. I am your host, Jen McNerney, sharing the unfolding stories that made us and healed us. Welcome to this week's episode of The Ripple Effect. And this week is one of those episodes where I just get to tell a component of my story. And the whole point of this podcast, The Ripple Effect, has been about sharing the people, the connections, the different modalities, the things that helped to heal myself or my family members. And I realized that I just kind of delved in and there is a podcast about my palatal expansion journey, which is still ongoing. As you can see, I have my braces on and that is like getting the finer details of what has been for me, the structure component. And yeah, I just kind of started interviewing people and giving snippets of the story. So this piece, this part of the story was really my down and out rock bottom physical health story. So I'll backtrack. When I was in, it was just out of college, probably in my clinical fellowship year after grad school, I finally was like able to visit something that I was super insecure about related to my body. I had a really drastic asymmetry in my breast tissue and I wanted to do something about it. So I had thought about getting breast implants, which I ended up doing, getting a saline breast implant. The kind that I could actually, there were ports so we could, I had such a difference in symmetry on that left side, which is so interesting because that is part of my journey and more of the hindsight awarenesses about my left side of my body being the more constricted side. So I just didn't have breast tissue on that side. I've since returned to asymmetry in my 40s. I could have possibly, and I could still do this, but I don't feel that that's an alignment for me at this time. If I were to just check in to now, I don't feel like it's an alignment for me to go for like a fat transfer and create symmetry that way. But that is an option. And I'll speak about that later. I wish I had known that that was an option earlier to my journey. So I'm in my early 20s and I think I finally had told my mom that I wanted to go ahead and get breast implants. And I got the quotes and because insurance wasn't going to cover it, I think we even submitted photos of the asymmetry saying, look, this is like a medical a deformity of some sort. I didn't form breast tissue on that side. And of course it got denied. And I do remember being in the office and it was going to be a lot of trauma to my body because they would normally like split it up. And we just wanted to do the surgical costs, the anesthesia, just kind of lump it all together. And I think at that time you could put it on like a care credit card or something like that. So I did that. And right away, my body did not like them. What I will point out to, and I think this happens to a lot of people, although more people, more and more women are becoming aware of the toxicity of breast implants and the FDA has to just recently had to put a black 
warning label on breast implants. And I know that supposedly saline were supposed to be safer, but they're still made out of that silicone shell. And if you really just think about breast implants from a critical thinking level, it is putting a foreign body in your body and your body physiologically is designed to encapsulate that foreign body. And over time, that takes its toll on your immune system, on everything. It forms these capsules around the implants. So yeah, like it makes sense. Like people that get another, an implant from another human, let's say like a kidney or whatever, a kidney transplant, let's say, or lung, you have to be on medication so that your body doesn't attack that foreign object, that foreign organ. So why would breast implants be any different or any implant for that matter? So anyways, of course, hindsight being 2020, I love hindsight. It's so humbling. It's so humbling when you get these awarenesses, you go through all the emotions of ah, regret, remorse, wishing you knew more, but then also looking at if you're in a more reframe of, wow, that was part of my journey and look at how much I've learned and look what I did with that knowledge and how I'm spreading it. So this is the point of the podcast, the ripple effect. And I get implants and right away, oh my gosh, my mother, she's such a saint. She is the one that like drove me to surgery and then back home. I couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't drink. They should have like feed me from a straw and... She didn't give me a lot of pain medications just because of the addictive traits in our family lineage on both sides. (laughs) So she was like rationing the Vicodin, which is probably good because now what I know with in regards to entities and how they get in, glad my mom, mama bear wasn't giving me the Vicodin. Anyway, my body started to reject it right away. There were so many red flag signs that I just didn't like these implants inside of me. Like I actually part of my tissue, breast tissues near my nipples started to get die, get the necrosis, that black, like scabby. So I have scar tissue there and it just was a long road to healing, but it did solve the very thing that was like driving me nuts is that in my mind, if anybody deviated when I was talking to them in conversation to this area, my heart area or whatnot, I'd be like, oh my gosh, they know. And it was also just affecting my intimacy with boyfriends, ex-boyfriends at the time and societal pressures about having a certain body and looking a certain way. Certainly like having one boob that's bigger than the other is unless you've gone through chemo. I know it's common to have asymmetry, but mine was like such a drastic difference that it was very noticeable. I would stuff my bra on that left side. And yeah, hindsight, even if I knew probably all the warnings about like autoimmune conditions and all the things that I know now, I don't know. I had such fragile self-esteem in my 20s that I probably probably still would have done it. So yeah, I learned a boat. So fast forward to, I think I was told that was like, once you got those implants in, like you don't have to switch them out, which is a fallacy. You do. It's supposed to be like your implants have like a 10 year shelf life. And on the journey, what happened was I, we had just moved to Colorado and I had twins. So there was like a perfect storm. I had a lot of grief and trauma. And then I got pregnant with my daughter, my first daughter. 
she had some a rare condition that was probably confounded by lineage toxins, different things. And then as soon after, two years later, I get pregnant. About two years or a year and a half later, I get pregnant with twins. So my body just was at the max. Now the twins are about 18 months old. It was like in 2016, July 1st, I believe is when I got my implants out. So I'm coming on like, I'm coming up on my anniversary for six years of having them out. I know that what was happening was I had an immense brain fog. Like I remember my rock bottom moment being me looking, searching for my phone with my phone's flashlight. And that was when it was like, holy shit, you are so sick. Your brain, like the thinking, the stress. My husband would come home from work and I was barely managing to keep my eyes open at like five, six thirty at night. And and it was taking its toll on our marriage. I had zero libido. I didn't tell him this, but I thought maybe I was dying of cancer or something. And I was dying and inside. And there was I finally started going to a naturopathic doctor who was doing the blood work and combining the Western medicine and Eastern medicine. And my adrenals were shot. My blood pressure was like really low. And, you know, she was very concerned about that. And I remember the lab coming back. I think it was the CD5. I forget the name of the test, but the levels of a normal immune system or immune response were like in the 300s and I had a score of 22. So like zero immune system. So my, all of my resources in my body were like attacking those damn implants. And then further along in my journey in 2017, I learned that I have Lyme and co-infections. I mean, in a, when you have zero immune system because of the implants, and I don't care who you are, and I'm going to, this is a harsh truth. I'm just going to name it because I do know that people will go through breast cancer and then they get implants right after. And I know that's got to be such a tough, tough, tough decision because I think they are notifying women of the risks now. I think they have to. I think they've been sued enough <laughs> that they're maybe warning these ladies. But my harsh, moment of truth is that I don't care who you are, how clean your diet is, because it's like we have toxins all around us. There is no escaping toxins in this world. So putting foreign body in your body, it, your immune system is going to tank at some point because you're going to have emotional stress. That's just part of life. You're going to have traumas. That's part of life. You're going to have ebbs and flows, whatever. It's not a question of if you're going to get something called breast implant illness because they do have a label for it now. I joined a group when it was only like 900 women in this group on Facebook when I sort of had my aha awareness that perhaps my breast implants were really like contributing to my shitty existence and health and feeling like I was dying. And I joined the group and I just read all the symptoms and all the gnarly stuff. So I had a lot of joint pain. I was tired all the time. The fatigue, the brain fog, like insane. And also it was like 
cranky. One of my co-infections, Bartonella, I was just like an angry, rageful, like inside, I'd want to rage out on the kids. And I didn't, but I had stored so much rage and anger, my poor liver and gallbladder. <laughs> those are the organs associated with those emotions. But if you think about it, that's like filtering out the toxins. So I was at capacity in my body, physically, spiritually, mentally, all the beingness. I was tapped out. Anyways, soon after I became aware in April of 2016, I had to research people that would take these out, but do it properly. You don't just take out the implants without taking out the whole capsule. And you try to take out the whole capsule intact. So you're not leaving anything behind. But I had seen somebody in Colorado who was like, oh, like you could pop those because they're filled with saline and you'd be fine. And I was like, holy cow, this guy is bananas nuts. And I actually wrote him an email later explaining to him. It was just so crazy to, like, that they had to have a support group and that so much of the paradigm in, in with plastic surgery, um, that's the cash cow. No doctor's our surgeons going to admit that they're toxic if that's the cash cow, right? Uh, follow the money always. And I do end up finding the unicorn, <laughs> the unicorn. He, I found him before he got like super in demand. I found the guy that was removing breasts or just for cancer reasons. He was like a very highly skilled guy. I knew that he was going to be able to remove my capsules. At that time, when I met him in, I think it was like May or June, I had my consult and I flew out to California. His name is Dr. Chung and he is, he's like my little angel. I don't think he would, he's so popular now. I would love to have him on my podcast, but I remember going in to him. I had also had a consultation with a surgeon across the parking lot. He was in a different building, but super close. And he was going to charge me like 12K to remove them. And then he didn't even know anything. It was, it just, it was not a good vibe. And he was all about the money. Then I go to Dr. Chung and he sat with me and he looked at my labs. He looked at my blood work and he was like, you know, cause the, you know, what was on the table, it was like planted as a seed in the back of my mind was Lyme disease because my naturopath was like, wow, these, this number Jen for your immune system is so low. I am concerned you might have like Lyme disease or some sort of autoimmune condition. And then he looks at that and he's like, listen, and that he was not subscribing to breast implant illness. Like I told him about the group, whatever. I wasn't the first person that had gone to him. So he's, he had done it before. And there were so many signs. He went to Hoffman to State high school. I went to Schaumburg high school, shout out to Schaumburg Saxons. I grew up in Illinois and there were in like, he knew all about the childhood. I felt like that was a really good sign for me. I don't, I look first, these universal, like the universe, the God signs, like this is the right way. I'm always checking in. And then he looked at me and was like, listen, there's no chance you're going to heal from Lyme disease if you have these in you. And I knew he was my guy when he like named that. And then we scheduled it and my mom, saintly, and my sister, I stayed at her house in Manhattan Beach for part of the time. My mom flew out and we stayed near the surgical center. It was an outpatient center. And then I think my mom had trauma from how gnarly it was when I got them in that she was like, 
she was expecting that. But my body, when I got them out, I was like up around driving, no pain medication, like two days later. I feel like a million bucks. I mean, I had the, if you follow people, if you type into Instagram or anyway, like breast implant illness, like you're going to see a bunch of women that are documenting their journey. And I know it's more and more popular with some of these stars that are these Hollywood celebrities that are coming out about it. And I had these drains. So you like, you have to wear these and you shower with them. I had to drain the fluid because it was a lot. I had to have a certain amount of drainage or limited drainage before I could fly back to Colorado to be with the family. And, but my healing after that was like amazing. Like my body was like, ah, okay. I started to slowly get my energy back. I was still going to the ND, the naturopathic doctor, supporting my adrenals, doing some detox stuff, some cat's claw. So basically when you have those, you you form biofilm, you have horrible gut health, parasites, you name it. It's kind of the whole like shebang when you're, immune system tanks. And basically, I get back home. I'm healing. And I have a friend or a friend who is dealing with neurological Lyme disease in her children. And we've been hanging out. We're taking some coursework, some intuitive coursework together. And basically, she clued me in that even though I was feeling much better, but I was still having these days where I was super tired, chronic fatigue, like maybe five times, like five times out of the month, but not feeling a hundred percent. And she was like, Jen, it's possible you have Lyme disease. And she also was noticing rashes and things on the, my kids that behind their knees and things. I know my son Liam had eczema and It was just, there was so much going on there, the biomedical stuff that I was finally had enough of reserves to look at that. So I took something called, it was a urine test through DNA connections, and it is supposed to be one of the most accurate tests. So I was fully expecting that to come back negative. I was really attributing everything to those breast implants even though in hindsight, it is so obvious that I probably, the Lyme disease makes sense now that I know more about Lyme disease and co-infections and the symptoms and the signs and growing up in Illinois and all the things. Anyway, so I get the test back and it names that I have Lyme and I have Bartonella co-infection and I have Babesia. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. So I've heard people say it so many different ways. I'm going to call it Babs. I had Babs. <laughs> and I will say for everybody, this is why biofrequency medicine is where it's at because I pass Lyme and co-infections on to my children. You do that. It's much like a sexually transmitted disease. In fact, you can pass Lyme disease through intercourse and sexual encounters people don't seem the cdc will not admit that i'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with our yeah not going to go down there there is a book called bitten and you should all read that especially if you're into if you like tinfoil hats and being quote unquote the conspiracy theorists although they've never been able to prove this one wrong or disprove this as being a conspiracy so there's something to this anywho I then find somebody who specializes in art muscle testing, automatic response 
testing is that the acronym art muscle testing actually she's she's dr klinghart trained dr klinghart is like the german doctor that's like a like legendary for the lyme community such a great human love that man anywho i start to address through muscle testing and vials a biofrequency the different things that my body wants to heal and the intention was always that I couldn't go balls out because I had three children at the time and whatnot. So I couldn't go balls out with my Lyme disease and killing it and or resolving it or whatever, basically getting back to homeostasis. I couldn't go balls out. And then once I started to heal, then we started to test the kids. And I will say that at the same time, I was on the journey of speech, traditional speech therapy with my twins, and they were not making any progress with speech therapy. So disappointing because that's my profession. <laughs> I'm trained traditionally as a speech therapist, and that's partly why I pivoted with my career. They just, it was biomedical for them. There was Swiss cheese development because of neuroinflammation, because of inflammation from toxins that come from scheduled things, scheduled injectables and all the things. It was not just like one thing. It was compounded into the perfect storm. And so a big component of how I started to heal was finding the biofrequency medicine, that muscle testing. Gosh, love my docs that do applied kinesiology. Love the docs that are doing the vials, all the chiropractors and neurological chiropractors. They're just They've been instrumental in our healing journey and in neuroemotional technique, that emotional stuff, and also getting in tune with my own unique frequency and intuition and having seniority over anything that's foreign because of now I do a lot of metaphysical healing and things. And I notice that it's about beliefs, it's about unresolved emotions and trauma. It all matters and the physical health and being a terrible, no good host for fungus and bacteria and viruses, multiple viruses, and mold, and all the things, biofilm. So it's been a wild journey, and I can say that the people I'm going to be interviewing have been instrumental in my healing journey, and then who knows, there might be a season two where I am just going rogue and using vibrational frequency and just inviting strangers onto my podcast. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But yes, the breast implant illness is real. Um, and not to come from a fear frequency, because certainly you might have breast implants and they're not pulling you out of homeostasis yet. <laughs> That's the only thing that I will say is, yes, you might be able to transmute that energy or it's not going to impact you. I just think that once you compound these layers of toxins that are just all around us in our food and our water and our soil and our air, or if you have an emotional stressor or trauma, it just might start to take its toll. And so be looking if you have breast implants and you have gnarly symptoms that in your labs come back normal, like just be yeah, just be like red flag or remember this podcast. And please, if you're enjoying the content of this podcast, Please leave a review, a five-star one. I'm just going to name that. Just leave a review and also share this with the people that could benefit from hearing the information. So thank you. And I hope you all stay well and keep 
going after healing from within so that your external can have that rippling healing higher vibrational effect thank you all content by jennifer mcnerney and guests are for educational and informational purposes only listeners acknowledge said content does not constitute medical or professional advice or services this podcast is for private non-commercial use only guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect any agency organization company or potentially even themselves